You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 112. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas one surprising shot in the head minute at a time. <laughs> I'm, I'm Ron Richards and with me is Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. Oh no! <laughs> oh no. And joining us today and this entire week is our good friend, television film producer and mafia expert, David Uslan. How you doing, David? Oh! <laughs> Welcome, sir. Thank you for joining us. So uh, this minute starts with Tommy reminiscing about Pike's Peak, and it ends with Jimmy uh, hanging the phone up angrily. This is, the, this is where the, the to, uh, Tommy uh, DeVito in the movie, based on Tommy DeSimone character, meets his untimely end. So here's my question right off the bat is how did he know? He walks in the room, he looks around, and he says, oh, no, and they shoot him. Because there's nothing there. Because nobody's there? Usually there's a, there's a banner up. There's some streamers. <laughs> there's a cake? Well, yeah, now, a couple of folks with horns. Now, this goes back to something we were talking about last week, Connor, which is the mafia improv game. Right. <laughs> Right. So, so basically, Tootie and Vinny have led Tommy on this ruse of being made. Like, this is a long con. Right. Like, at least one to two weeks of notifying Tommy that he's going to be made, and then having him get dressed up, picking him up. Go, they're all wearing suits, going through the motions. They get him into the house, and there's nobody there, and they, then they shoot him in the head. Guys, you hear, you hear six stories like this all the time. And it's six? Always- Sick, like S I C K. Oh, sick! And, and and unfortunately, most often it's always the best friend that actually pulls the trigger. Right. Why is that? Because they have your confidence. Oof, you're, gonna, right. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna bring them in, into those secret rooms and and uh, you know you're gonna trust them. I'm not hanging out with any of you guys ever again. One <laughs> So why didn't they have plastic down? They just ruined that rug. I it seems like a nice room. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Is it rug or tile? I think it's tile. tile. I think it cleans up a lot nicer because it's tile. Oh, okay. It's just a mop Still, up it, there. It, yeah. it looks like looks like you know some kid's playroom down there. <laughs> well, it's they, the rec room. It's clearly. I mean, they've got the fish on the wall. They got the card table, and the, there's the exercise bike. I mean, let's let's really let's really break down the production design of this room, right? Candyland's <laughs> gonna get ruined. What is that on the wall behind them through the door shot? Before we the get gun? in the room, is that a gun? It's a gun. Yes. Right. So you have some you have some great World War II aircraft photos, which I feel like was in every one of my uncle's homes back in the day. Yep. Uh, oh yeah, and look at even like through the doorway, like when they walk in, they're not only to the left there's the shot of the aircraft uh, of the World War II aircraft, but under the gun behind them are photos of like aircraft carriers and stuff. <laughs> hey man, these guys were all that's. But actually, you know, it's it's a it's a good point. You know, most of these guys who are the mobsters around this time, you know, they all serve in war. Yeah, they're all vets, yeah. You know, and that's one of the things that kind of, you know, bound everybody together. And that's why you heard cool stories about, you know, the mob fighting Nazis on the Brooklyn docks. You know, shit like that back in the day. And in real life, Tootie uh, was one-legged because he lost a leg in the Korean War. Mm So, yeah. There's a giant marlin on the wall. There's a bar. Right. It's a sweet bar, actually. Looks like it's a great poker table too. That's right yeah. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, clearly so this, is, saying, this, there's, this is their there's, basement card playing room. Yeah. There's a real risk of splatter there, and I I don't know. It just seems seems poorly thought out. I like the antique phone on the wall. 
Right, yep, yep. This is a sweet room. I'd hang out in this room all the time, and I would accidentally step on a piece of skull. Oh, what's this? Oh. I would not funny. shoot a guy in the head in that room. <laughs> so so he gets shot in the head, and then we cut to Jimmy outside the diner, and he's on the phone with Vinny, who gives us the classic line when he, when, when Jimmy says, hey, how'd it go? We all good? And he's oh. like, oh, no, we had a problem. Well, and, we had a problem. We and, tried and, to do everything we could. And, you know and what I mean. And there's nothing. And there's nothing we could do He's about gone, it. And we couldn't do nothing about it. That's Charles Scorsese. That's uh, the, the father of the director. Yep. Vinny, so what? Three small so, onions. Yeah. The last time we saw him, he was putting too many onions in the sauce, and now he's shooting Tommy in the head. It's a very nice sauce. Uh, how how nice is his hair? Robert De Niro's quaff of hair. The aging Jimmy hair. Yeah. The, the aging Jimmy hair is just a magnificent hairpiece in and yep. of itself. That's interesting because we've given him all sorts of compliments throughout this whole movie. But that's the first of that kind. So I applaud you. Oh, you know how important hair was to these guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, it was all about the quaff, baby. <laughs> so yesterday we talked briefly about how David's young daughter will not know what a phone booth is. Unless, yep. David, you take her to Manhattan where there are currently four working phone booths. That's no, it? there is. No, there yes, is not. There no. are. They, they just did a story in the New York Times. Well, I see that they're replacing them with masturbation booths. No, 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 no. They are doing that. But these four booths are actually being maintained as working phone booths. They're all on West End Avenue on 66th Street, 90th Street, 100th Street, 101st Street. This, this is my old. Oh, so this is oh, this is an Upper West Side thing. Well, there's there's a historian who lives in the neighborhood <laughs> who basically convinced the city to maintain them as historical artifacts. Sure, this is uh, sure they they had a they had a conversation at a bookstore at a book signing about how it was so tragic that the phone booths were going away, and so they lobbied their. Lo- <laughs> this is so Upper West Side. I love it. Listen, it's all done. <laughs> what I'm saying is they're still around and they exist, and they actually may in fact be free to use. I could that was a little unclear in the article itself, but. I remember seeing one of these many years ago when I was when I was on the Upper West Side and being very confused. But there's four of them, and the companies who run them have been committed to maintaining them. Wow! And so they they've raised private funds to pay for it, and they should still be there into the future. So if you- who are the companies that run them? Is it like Dynex or whatever the whatever like the the the, the pay because payphones forever were just like the telephone company, right? And then, and then, at some point in the late '90s, they changed over, and they were like sketchy companies ran payphones. I remember, like you, you, ne- you never had the same payphone twice in New York City. Um, it was like Dynex or something like that. It was something weird. Uh, I, I miss them. I used to, you know, when I was a kid growing up in New York. Do you remember the old uh, the payphones? They had them in Penn Station uh, that were that had the yellow strip that was a quarter to call anywhere. No. Oh yeah, it was it was it was like right in the in the in the mid '90s, and what it was it was like it was basically a quarter to get like two minutes anywhere in the New York metro area, and like it would be great to call home, and be like, "I'm coming home on the on the 1:46 a.m. Pick me up," and then you hang up, right? Because it was like a a very short call, but only for a quarter. So Verizon maintains them. Oh, okay, that makes sense. But David is correct. The rest of the phone booths in, in Manhattan around the city are being converted into these internet kiosks. Oh, is that why they're masturbation booths? Yeah. Oh, I get it. Wi-Fi hubs, USB chargers, oh, that's uh, advertising clever. screens, 911 emergency call button, etc. They, they may want to just put a drain in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, squeegee, a squeegee? I've, I've been <laughs> in the city, is all. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so if you're in the Upper West Side, you want to see an old working phone booth and you never saw one as a kid, there you go. I want to go back to the beginning of the minute. Well, that was my fun fact of the day, by the way. Yeah, we, I got that. All right, all right. I have to brand it properly. I know. You do a good job. So at the beginning, before he's killed, I'm watching Tommy and I noticed that 
he's doing this scene in a completely different way than all. Like he's actually being the low status guy. And so he's just shooting the shit and making chit chat, and it's totally different than everything we've seen him in the movie up to this and it's, point. And it's also nervous chit chat. Yeah, and it's right? so because it's so out of character. He said, like, like he asked, he asked Vinny. He's that's what he says. He goes, he goes, Vinny, you know, what, what, do you remember when you got made? And he's like, oh, a long time ago. And he's like, so Pike's Peak must have been a pimple. But this is the biggest day of his life. <laughs> yeah, this is the and biggest the- day of any made guy's life. I mean, this is the day that that it all becomes real, and you, you know, officially get the the power. Is it like a mafia bar mitzvah? It's better than that, man. I mean, like literally, dude, it is. It is better than that. You get to when you become a made guy, you have the now lifelong gift of being able to fuck with whoever you want to fuck with, yep. and knowing that you got an army behind you, and knowing that you know every place you walk into and in an area that you are working and growing up in, that they're going to be giving you you know the most respect. You know, you can never get out of somebody. Now, and, uh, but now, 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 I understand all that. But isn't that a, and especially at this point? So this is 1978, still 1978, 79, 79. 79. Yeah, isn't this a dying concept? Like, no, didn't no, no. I mean, not in 79. No, no, no. But I mean, as as it progresses into the 80s, doesn't that mean? I just feels if with with the amount of with people like Gotti. I don't remember that was the early 90s. Yes. Right. So, so that is when it started to crumble for a period of time. Remember, like, right, like, seriously, like, right now, you know, organized crime, especially Italian organized crime, is going through a golden age at this moment. But, really? Relative. Uh, it is bigger than it has been since the early 70s at this moment right now. Wow. That's, uh, <laughs> I did not, I did, I was well, not aware well, of that. <laughs> first, well, think about it. It is, it's because... Ninety-nine point nine percent of the government's resources are on terrorism. Oh, good point. Now for over a decade, you just saw it in in one of the articles you guys posted on your on your Facebook page. They just closed the New York City Organized Crime Division. OCCB. So because of that, it has allowed. Anyway, I mean, we could spend a long time on, <laughs> but, but it is gigantic right now. The bosses that are in place, the amount of new guys that are being made, you no longer. Uh, have to kill somebody to be made. Now it's all about how much of an earner you are. So, Millennial Sopranos kind of yeah, stuff. And, and also think, here's one example. So there was a, a big New Jersey mob bust uh, a couple weeks ago, and they broke off this internet gambling ring that literally was in the towns around where I grew up, like in Caldwell and Verona. These guys, in two and a half years, netted just under $5 billion. $5 billion. In under three years, from the international internet gambling ring that these guys created and built offshore, so the money that is being made now and generated is bigger than anything that organized crime has seen since prohibition and since narcotics became narcotics in the sixties. Wow, it's an amazing earning for something that doesn't exist, Ron. But that's <laughs> why, but like, that's why, like, Goodfellas and all of this, this was like such an unbelievable time because all the stuff was kind of culminating the drugs and everything from the the late 70s and the 80s and cocaine and all that shit it was like all this culminating kind of moment and you had all these different organized crime groups you know that they don't show a lot of in goodfellas but people like henry told me stories about you know from the jamaicans to the cartels the colombian cartels you know in this period of time and a few years later it was when the russians really got in there for the first time 
So you had all these different organized crime groups that were that were literally swooping into places like Brooklyn, like down in Little Odessa and, and, and that part. And when you become a made guy, you know that you have the backing to fuck with anybody in any organized crime group. And nobody's going to mess with you. And that you have the ability to, you know, stick your nose into, you know, this, you know, situation or that situation, knowing that, again, you're going to have massive reinforcements and the clout that you want. And that's why when, when Tommy was, you know, nominated to get made, guys like Burke and guys like Hill, who can never be fully made guys, this was a dream. I mean, you know, Henry said it to the end, like that was like at that moment in time, that was the dream. Tommy was the only one that could have been made out of that whole little gang that they had. And if it happened, it would have been it would have been a game changer. Right. And Henry's voiceover, they explain it in the movie side. And like that's why Jimmy was so ecstatic when they got the news and was giggling because it was one, you know, it was, it was one of their little mini crew inside the crew yeah. that was getting the call. And so and so basically, they, you know, they were hoping to be able to leverage Tommy's, you know, getting made to, you know, give them the benefits of that. You know? Yeah. Now, now, a little a little unknown thing, though, that wasn't shown in Goodfellas, but it's something worthwhile to note is that Burke was, you know, Burke was one of the most celebrated Irish gangsters in New York during this period of time. And uh, his connection to the Westies, which was the big Irish gangs that, that really dominated Hell's Kitchen for decades, you know, Burke had an army behind him. You know, that's something, again, that's not talked about a lot in this movie or, or really in Goodfellas, but something that, you know, we talked about with Henry and, and that, you know, organized crime historians know, you know, he had the Irish behind him. The, you know, Henry, who, you know, was part Irish, had the Irish connection. Through even the 70s and 80s, the Irish were maniacs, you know, and their little organized crime group, you know, which kind of was all focused around the Wessies, these guys were violent, psychopathic murderers. And they were there when Jimmy needed them. So I always just thought it was interesting that, you know, if this all went through and happened and Tommy was made and lived, you know, Jimmy would have been, you know, probably in one of the strongest, you know, criminal positions or situations, you know, that I can I can think of. That's crazy. They they don't mention the Irish at all in the movie at all no, or in the book that much either. So it's, it's an Italian story. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully. Mm-hmm. Oh, we just we just don't exist. Nope. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Nothing we can do about it. The Irish Nothing we can do. Going back to the minute for a moment, when Jimmy uh, is in the phone booth, uh, you get this great, nice wide shot, and you see the Sherwood Diner sign, despite this not actually being the actual Sherwood Diner. Again, to a reminder, this is the... Movie uh, Magic. Movie Magic, there it is, yeah. This is the uh, Clinton Diner in Queens, but they're recreating the Sherwood Diner. It's pretty <laughs> run down across the street. It is. Well, it's a, it's a, this is shot in Maspeth, so Maspeth is in the best uh, area of Queens. <laughs> a lot of warehouses, things like that. Looks like there's got to be a strip club within a couple blocks of this place. I have no idea what you're talking about. None. <laughs> All right, Connor, how are we doing? How are we looking on the fucks? Two fucks. Two fucks. Yeah, there's a lot of De Niro muttering fucks under his breath in this minute and the next one, so I'm I'm estimating two fucks. Okay, we'll give it two fucks. Yeah. All right. Anybody else have any other observations on this minute? I I mean the one thing I think we've missed with payphones gone and 
and regular phones is that if you're really angry... You can't slam that receiver down? No, not without a significant financial penalty. Hanging up on people is, is, is a lost art, by oh. the way. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's sad. I don't know what you mean, and my wife hangs up on me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but the physical motion of doing it is still yeah, yeah exactly lost something. Yeah. I feel like in my anger, I would keep missing the little fucking red button. You know, just like, <laughs> then you gotta put fingerprint on it again. Hold, hold on. <laughs> All right, well, oh, so, that's gonna wrap it up for today. Tomorrow, we're gonna talk about why Tommy D. Simone got shot in the head. So until then, just stay tuned. That's gonna wrap it up for minute one oh. What minute are we on? One twelve. <laughs> minute one twelve. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I don't know. I'm, I'm, my tabs are in the wrong places. All right. So, <laughs> so that's gonna wrap it up for minute one twelve. Tune in tomorrow for minute one thirteen. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Goodfellows Min and on Instagram and Facebook at Goodfellows Minute. And of course, you can go to GoodfellowsMinute.com where you can find all the previous episodes as well as uh, feeds to subscribe to. If you haven't subscribed yet, 112 episodes in. What are you waiting for? And you can. Support the show by going to patreon.com slash gfm where you can sign up to be a patron of the show. And later this week on Friday, we will be bestowing two members. Uh, we're going to open the books on our own. We're not going to shoot them in the head. We're going to give them a mob name. So stay tuned for that later this week. And go to goodfellowsminute.com slash support where you can find a link to buy Goodfellas or the book Wise Guy or anything else you want on Amazon and help us out in the process. And if you have any other questions or observations, or if you live in Maspeth, Queens, and want to defend it, you can email us at contact at goodfellowsminute.com. And until then, I'm going to go practice hanging up the phone. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is up.